Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started himanshu is the co-founder and ceo of luxury ride and the founder and chief mentor at grapes in the interview himanshu shares insights into his journey from founding a digital marketing agency to venturing into the pre-owned luxury car business His aggressive and goal-driven approach is evident as he discusses the challenges of building leadership in an industry with limited trainable talent. He highlights the importance of constant learning, observing successful businesses, and being open to expert advice. What stands out in the interview is how Himanshu finds happiness in the journey rather than fixating on goals, showcasing a unique blend of conservatism in his personal life and bold aggression in his professional pursuits. Hi Himanshu, welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. And before we go into your journey as an entrepreneur, as a leader, why don't you start by sharing a bit about yourself and what is it that keeps you busy these days? Okay, hi everyone. I'm Himanshu in Himanshu area. I am an entrepreneur, and currently I'm into the automobile business. I'm into pre-owned luxury cars. The name of the organization that I run at the moment is called Luxury Right. Prior to this, I was the founder and CEO of Grapes Digital. I still continue to be the founder and chief mentor of that company. But it is a full automotive digital marketing agency in the country right now with a team of around 300 plus people. I started that in 2009. But right now, my 90% of my attention goes towards luxury, right? So balance 10% towards my family and Grapes Digital. So that's how you can understand my overall journey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I think that's that's quite unique, right? Digital marketing, then luxury cars. So can you share, uh, take us even, maybe even before that, right? Can you share where this uh, seed for entrepreneurship or doing something on your own started? And now how do these two connect, right? Digital marketing, luxury cars, they seem worlds apart. Sure. <laughs> so uh, I, I I think uh, I, I did my schooling from Karnal. So Karnal is a small town uh, located between Delhi and Chandigarh. That's where I was born. So all my schooling has been from Karnal itself, the same school that I joined in nursery class till 10 plus 2. 
the name of the school is Pratap Public School Karnal. So that's where I did my schooling. Post my schooling, two options since I was a non-medical student. Either end up doing engineering or do something else. So I chose the later. So I ended up enrolling myself into hotel management, which was totally a counterfeit, which neither I thought of, neither my parents thought of. Good or bad choice, I don't know. This is where I am at the moment. But definitely during my college days, I felt that was a bad choice. I was not cut for the hotel industry. So I started preparing for my master's MBA at that point of time and landed up at IMT Ghaziabad post that. Studied there, studied hard, got through IMT Ghaziabad, got my CAD percentile in place. It was not that easy task for me. I think I was the only person in my college preparing for MBA while everyone else was getting ready to get into jobs at various hotels. I also scored a couple of campus placements during my hotel management days, but I was very clear. I was not very keen to join the hotel industry. Landed at IMT Ghaziabad, did my master's in finance and operations and day zero placement, Kotak Mahindra Bank. And that's where I landed after that. Did Kotak Mahindra Bank for almost 15 months, realized, yeah, banking is a good space to be in. I was into wealth management at Kotak. Got an offer from Citibank, ended up joining Citibank. Did that for another six months and then I was like, boss, is this something that I want to do all my life or is there more to that? One thing, while being in wealth management, I realized customers have a lot of money. All these high net worth individuals have made money out of businesses. And that gave me a thought that yes, eventually if I want to be on the other side of the table, business is the only way to move forward on that. And that's where I think the entrepreneurial bit or the work mm. bit. Yeah. And I said, yes, I want to start something on my own. 2009 was very early time for digital marketing in the country and that's when I thought that was the right space to be in. With no prior experience, I said, let's start Grapes. And that's how in February of 2009, of a 24-year-old boy, Manchu. And that's how the journey started. I think I was very clear. I had zero liabilities on my head, right time to start. Learned about a lot of entrepreneurs, read about their journeys. One thing was for sure, the more I delayed, the more responsibility I'll have on my head and more difficult it gets to get out of your job. Yeah. I said, yeah. time is right. Worst case, two years, let me try. If I feel, fail, I'll get back into a job again. Thing is going to change in my life in the next two years. So that's where I took the risk and started Grapes. First two years was a lot of struggle. I took a debt from the bank also. Ended up taking a loan from the bank, being in the bank itself to start the business. I had few savings, closer to 10, 12 odd lakhs that I saved during two months of my job. That's how it all started. I think first year we hardly made any money. In fact, we were negative. All the savings and the loan was wiped off. Next year, some support from parents, but after that, the business took up. And where I am today, Grapes went on well till is still going on pretty well. Let me put it that but having done graves for almost 13 odd years, I always wanted to start something else as well. That's when the thought of getting into pre-owned luxury car segment came into my mind. I got an opportunity with Luxury Ride. This was already an existing running business. Bought a majority stake in the business and this is where I am. I think mm. pre-owned and uh, luxury car industry both are at a very nascent and unorganized stage in the country right now. It's a totally unorganized market and uh, there is a tremendous growth and opportunity within the segment to formalize it and take it to the next level. And that's where I took my punt of starting my second venture, which is luxury, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Must have been an, like a wonderful journey and rise. Eh? And yeah. 
Yeah, but based on what you shared, I have a couple of uh, questions, right? One is that, like when you said that you were into banking, wealth management, and you ask yourself that, is it this, is this what I want to do with my life? Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you were 24, I think, is, as you said, right? So what triggered that uh, thought or that question? Because I, I know a lot of people ask mm-hmm. themselves these questions, like this kind of a question in, in their 30s, 40s, even 60s and 50s. Mm-hmm. So at the age of 24, when mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure you would have the next promotion, the next big thing, like the normally people. I don't think ever in my life I've faced an existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Thanks to for giving me those opportunities at the right time. Uh, but uh, one thing was for sure, if you want to do something big in life, it has to be the entrepreneur way. Back in 2009, if I look at uh, people and the kind of salaries people used to make, Max, we would have heard a crore to crore kind of a figure. Versus I used to look at my clients who were like in their 30s or 40s. They had massive portfolios even at that age, right? Yeah. So one thing was for sure that the money is to be made in business and not in, in a job. And one small town guy trying to settle up in Delhi, trying to see what are the opportunities around. One thing was for sure that entrepreneurship is the way forward. It's not Mm -hmm. going to be a journey. I'm a first generation entrepreneur. Both my favorite parents come from a government job. When I disclosed to them that this is what I want to do in my life, they practically thought maybe he has got laid off and this is excuse of not trying to do something for me. But yeah. later, fitness starting, you know, and today I, I think they're pretty proud of me, what I've achieved in my life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And since this was not from your family, can you mm. share how that journey has been? Because even what you shared to exit a company which is uh, well functioning, which is without mm. your intervention, is mm. something a lot of people struggle with. They start a business, it is a successful business. But if they step out, the whole thing crumbles and it takes a very different kind of relationships, a different kind of trust to create a team of leaders around you rather than just be the leader who is in charge and control. So can you share how did you make that happen? Let's talk about grapes first. Uh, Exactly what you mentioned was the scenario with the still about 2015. Mm -hmm. One person leading the show. If I don't turn up to office, no one will want to work. You are the one who is practically involved in the smallest to the biggest of the things within the office. If you vanish from the business, I think business will not even sustain in three months. But then, and this is what I have noticed, that I am my biggest enemy at the moment because practically all decisions are being taken by me. Hmm. Uh, 2015, we took a conscious call that this is not the way it should be taken forward. And one major change that happened uh, in 2015 was that my wife uh, that I got married to in 2012, December, also ended up joining me in business. My wife, Shrata, who was handling the digital business at Airtel prior to me getting married, joined me for a few months post we got married, then got pregnant, went on a maternity leave and then joined back in 2015. One thing we realized during 2013 while we worked for a few months before she went on maternity was that we both were two different individuals who had two different working styles. But at the same time, both of us knew how to achieve results. So in 2015, when she joined back, we wanted this good part to stay that we both know how to drive our results, but with different leadership styles, maybe we'll conflict with each other. So we said, okay, let's departmentalize. Let me lead a few verticals. You lead a few verticals and let's try to multiply our side of the story, right? Hmm. That worked pretty well for us in 2015. And we said, yeah, this works. Then if we both can do it with each other, why not get senior leaders within the organization? who can then lead particular verticals and take them to new heights and then newer geographies, uh, so on and so forth. 
so I think that became our starting point. Again, this guidance came out of nowhere. This was me and Shraddha brainstorming in terms of how do we achieve our life goals. We ended up doing that and I think by 2018, we were already a team of around 150 plus people with offices in Delhi and we were planning to open Mumbai that time. Uh, so that's how we grew. By 2021, it came to an autopilot mode wherein everything was running. I was practically involved in only doing high-level meetings, everyone within the organization. And I had a lot of free time in hand, if I put it that way. That if the business has to grow at a particular pace and digital as a business gets a lot of organic trust and there is hardly anything inorganic that we could do. Hence, I said, uh-huh. that, let me utilize my time in another business. Having said that, this opportunity luxury came to my doorstep. I think it knocked on my doorstep somehow. I decided to take this call that I think Shraddha can handle Graves' business very well with the next line that we have created. And let me try to do something else in parallel uh, in order to reach the next level of life that we want to achieve for ourselves. Hmm. So it happened, yeah. Yeah, and, and you did that journey totally in-house like the 2015 to 2021 that you mentioned on your own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing, yeah. Perfect. Can you share now about luxury rights? What are your future aspirations and why? Like, why this? Okay. Like I said, the industry is a call that I took on in 2009, which was digital. In my 2021 betters, luxury cars and that too, pre-owned segment within the luxury cars, which is totally unorganized and unformal market at the moment. Yeah. Sorry. There are so many small players in the market, but there is no big giant in the market. The only two formalized big giants that exist in the market today are Cars24 and Spinny. And other than that, there are all moms and pop shops, right? But again, if I look at Cars24 and Spinny from the market leader's perspective, within luxury segment, they do nothing. They are into the mass segment of entry-level segment of practically 1-2 lakhs going up to maximum 15 lakhs. But luxury as a segment continues to be the space wherein these guys are not aggressive. In fact, Spinny tries their hands by opening spinning max but they have eventually shut that down because it's not an easy market to crack and it's not something that you can crack with employees as such it's going to be again you need to build leaders within the space you need to be patient with respect to that you need to have different set of processes when it comes to mass segment cars versus luxury cars i think spinning's problem has been that they all always try to operate it from that perspective itself and that's what i'm trying to change here at luxury right Again, from an industry perspective, I think I've taken my bet. Now, from the organization perspective, what we are trying to do is implement better processes, develop the next level of leaders. I think I'm bringing my expertise of grapes again from the same level. Mm-hmm. that We have identified 10 to 12 key departments and I'm trying to build my next level of leadership on those departments. And the day that falls in place, I think we'll have the multiplying effect coming in here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for adding that. So given your experience, given that you have done this before, started a company, taken it to a scale, what what are your current challenges? What are the pain points that, that you're experiencing right now? Okay, so Graves had its own set of challenges because digital as an industry was very, very nascent when we started. It was not easy to hire talent. You had to particularly train your own talent. Today, the industry has changed. There is a lot of talent available, but the cost of talent has gone up drastically as well. So we still continue to drain our own resources to be cost effective. But luxury ride is a different ballgame altogether. Here, there are no resources available. 
neither people are trainable or coachable from that perspective. Because mm. as an industry it has always operated with people, you know, running family run businesses. And all they have is low quality talent, uh, just from cleaners to drivers to maybe few people helping them with sales. But it has primarily been a family business for anyone that I see operating this business. When it comes to OEMs, again, family run OEM car dealerships to pre-owned car segment, again, totally being run in that way. So talented manpower is not available in this industry. And that's what I think is the biggest challenge that I face at the moment. We have taken some measures in terms of still identifying the brighter guys within that and we are trying to build them as next level of leaders. Yeah, yeah. Can you share a bit more about that? Like how based on your experience and you said you're building the second level of leaders and especially with the workforce, with the industry and the mindset in the industry, how are you doing that? What does it take? Okay, so, so two things. I think the background with which people come from, that becomes very important with respect to getting the ethics in place. I put a very stringent test on that with respect to whosoever I get on board. Ethics should not be compromised in any way. And second is, are these people coachable or not? If a person has spent too many years in the industry, I think the person becomes uncoachable because he thinks that he knows everything. He's already spent 10 years in the industry. So our choice was relatively getting young leaders in place. We still are struggling with few departments wherein we have not been able to close those leaders yet or the bet that we took did not go very well. So it's an ongoing exercise. I think eventually we'll be able to figure this out 100% the way I wanted it to be. But yes, we are 50% there, 50% struggling. Next few years or few months, hopefully we'll be able to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing about that aspect of being open to learning, being open to always being coached. How, yeah. how has that panned out for yourself? How have you kept yourself open to new insights? And rather than come from experience, I've done this before, I know this is the best way. How have you kept yourself open to like different perspectives, new ways of doing things, looking at things? I think I observe a lot. That's why one strong point with respect to me. So I always keep on analyzing my business, business, successful business, which is putting in stronger numbers. So observing a lot of things, I think, gives you a lot of insights. Okay, this is what they're doing good. This is what I'm not doing that great. This department needs more thrust. This is how next level of growth is to be looked into. And personally, when I look at myself, uh, I uh, like myself to be open to the understanding that, yes, not everything is something that I know. I need to be open to understanding that I may not have the best solution for everything either. At times, you need to go to an expert to solve your problem rather than trying to solve it for yourself. So, for example, if you don't know how to solve a Rubik's Cube, you'll figure out 100 ways by yourself and still not being able to solve it. Get coached on it. I think you'll solve it in the next five mm. minutes, right? Yeah. So, so the same thing applies to life in a lot of ways that, you know, if you're not a subject matter expert on a lot of things, go to an expert, learn that, pay the person, understand from that person, and then have your own innovation built on top of that, your own expertise built on top of that, and maybe you will do even better. So one thing I've realized that if you're not able to solve something by yourself in the first one attempt or two attempts, go to a person who can, who has actually solved it. Take an advice and I think your third attempt will be successful. So that's how I've been looking at a lot of stuff. And I think it works practically very well. So I keep on meeting a lot of leaders. I keep on discussing it in a lot of forums and groups that I'm part of. 
learning from other people's mistakes is the smartest way of learning learning from your own mistakes is the second level of smartness ignoring your own mistakes i think that's foolishness right mm. so by being observant at least i'm able to understand where i've been foolish where i've been smart where i've been extraordinarily smart mm. and i think how i keep my learning going wonderful thank you for sharing that so can you share something about yourself that uh, like most people whom you work with are not aware of something that people are not aware of i think i'm conservative when it comes to my personal life but i'm super aggressive when it comes to my professional life my professional side of stuff i think everyone knows but when it comes to my family i think i like to keep it very behind the scene i don't like exposing that much i think there's something that a lot of people don't know about me i don't know what exactly should be the right answer to your question honestly okay yeah. this is what i can think of yeah 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 and what drives that aggressiveness so like by nature are you conservative or are you aggressive and what drives that shift i think what you said between family and when you're outside at work i am definitely pretty aggressive by nature is the way i'll put it because i put my own targets in front of me achievable and unachievable will get to know over time but yes moving forward and driving the next level of growth i think that gives me happiness so today if someone asks me what is that you'll want to do all your life i think i my simple answer is i'll want to work all my life my answer is not that i'll want to retire at this age and then do this then do that i think the journey not the destination uh, for me and i'm enjoying my journey at the moment my aggression is in my journey uh, and i keep moving my goal post to have the same level of aggression to run fast mm-hmm. because back in 2012 14 i think when for the first time i thought i'll if i earn 100 crores probably i'll i'll feel very settled or i'll feel very like i've achieved something there came a point in life wherein we achieved that number and we realized we are still not happy why is that because i think the goal post has changed automatically you achieve certain level of luxuries in life the mind automatically increases that goal post to something else right uh, having said that the next goal post became 500 crore 1000 crores and uh, what i realized is that even if i'll end up achieving that will i be happy i said maybe still i'll again say let's have a billion dollar bet now what is that will make me a billion dollar is what i'll want to go after and eventually over a period of time i realized i think this this hustle to keep yourself busy and have the next level of goal post it's the journey and it's not the destination it's mm-hmm. never the destination it's the journey right one day you said okay once once i buy a mercedes i'll be very happy once i make my house i'll be very happy today i have achieved both but still i i think i was happy on the way to achieving that also i'm happy today as well and then tomorrow if i've decided that yes i want to buy a bentley bentayaga or a rolls royce cullinan i'll be happy then also but then my goal post would have already moved so i think it's the journey that keeps you excited enough and i'm happily enjoying my journey that way yeah 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 so i think if i'm listening correctly right, you're still being aggressive you have milestones uh, yeah. but happiness is not a function of achieving or not achieving them that's more of a day to day a journey thing that you're that you're driving from that i i feel happy by putting in that effort to get closer to that goal post it's a ever changing goal post as the way i'm putting it yeah I have not seen a single person in my life who has said that if I achieve this, I'll actually retire. No one is able to retire, I think, yeah. because goalpost automatically mind changes it for your own self. That okay, you have achieved this much, maybe you are capable of achieving more. Hmm. So 
to be happy on the journey and not on achieving the goal post is also yeah. something another realization that i got along so i'm very happy working every day and if i put in good hours hard working and trying to achieve something new or a very small milestone within my business i think that gives me happiness wonderful thank you for adding that i think that's that's an important uh, aspect right i talk to a lot of leaders and many times success is one thing but to be able to enjoy that success to cherish that success is a totally different thing and what you said that that inability to stop and sometimes just celebrate or acknowledge and yeah. take that moment can bring anxiety or can be very difficult for people yeah, yeah. absolutely so before we end him on sure for anybody who is listening anybody who is intrigued by what you have shared what is the best way for them to reach out to you and find out what you are i think i'm available uh, phone call away so i can be reached on my number maybe you can put that in captions below and or my email id or else i'm available on linkedin i think i'm pretty responsive i think we connected via linkedin and that's how we are speaking so i'm available that way if anyone is keen to catch up i'm mostly in my office starting 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. in the morning all the way till 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. in the night we can always catch after working hours during working hours as uh, availability is wonderful thank you thank you imanshu for sharing your journey from these uh, two companies and also the personal reflection that you shared about your own growth and challenges on the way and uh, as we end this i would like to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead for you with the future thank you thank you so much thank you so much it was pleasure interacting thank you that's it for this episode of choosing leadership with somit gupta i choose leadership every time i record this podcast and i invite you to do the same i invite you to design a life of joy meaning pride and satisfaction not just for yourself but for everybody around you if you got something out of this episode would you share this episode on social media and if you know somebody who would be a great guest can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show and if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast and i love seeing your posts and guest suggestions this is what i do most naturally to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light to help you see what you are already capable of to make sure you don't miss any episodes go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team if you want to know more go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on linkedin i want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and i want to thank you for listening always remember that you are enough you are loved and you matter this is sumit until next time keep choosing leadership